Welcome to Top of the Game with Javier Sade, where we talk to amazing people that are shaping the world. These lightning round talks explore what makes remarkable leaders tick. Thinkers and doers pushing humankind forward and at the top of their games. Impactful insights, global perspectives, valuable wisdom you can use every day in your life and work. This is Top of the Game. Enjoy today's episode. Here's Javier. Beautiful mind of Po Shen Lo. Po is the most famous and charismatic math professor in the country. A world-class mathematician with degrees in mathematics from Caltech, Cambridge, and Princeton happens to teach, guess what, also math at Carnegie Mellon specializing in combinatronics, probability theory, and computer science. But this is just one of many hats he wears. He is also Team USA coach for the International Math Olympiad and is an entrepreneur that has founded three companies. One of the companies pairs comedians and stage actors with math prodigies to more effectively teach math, is profitable, and achieving spectacular results. He recently made news and was profiled by the Wall Street Journal because of a remarkable journey he embarked on. The theme, young Americans outsmarting AI. He visited 65 cities, gave hundreds of lectures, and says there is much more to do. His energy level is astounding. His mind is expansive. His mission is global. Poe is at the top of the game. Strap on your seatbelts. Enjoy the conversation. Poe, welcome to the show. Hello. Well, look, I've been fascinated with your work um, for a long time. And recently, I think in May, the Wall Street Journal profiled insane logistics that you had to go through to travel around the country to talk about math, talk about entrepreneurship. Tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll work backwards into how you ended up doing what you're doing now. Oh, sure. So I actually love talking to people. So that's why I'm happy to talk to you too. But it's mainly because I like to think about how to solve world-scale problems. And I actually think about how to use math and in particular game theory to solve this, making win-win situations. And then when I come up with ideas, I like to try to get them out there. Uh, the, the challenge, of course, is that the world's full of, it's a very noisy world. And what I found out is that when you show up in person, that is one way to actually be able to get an idea across. Of course, then the challenge becomes how do you cover this much territory this short? Now I know how the presidential campaigns feel. But yeah, so as I, was, as I was running around the country, of course, what I tried to do is I tried to visit as many of the major metropolitan areas as I could. And that got to the point where the Wall Street Journal author, Wall Street Journal reporter apparently thought I was insane and then wrote the article about that. But I guess the main message I was sending this time was I'm actually very, very concerned. One of the things I think about a lot nowadays is what's going to happen to the future of the world and civilization when AI gets so powerful that it can do a lot of people's jobs. And so the message I'm sending a lot of people is I, I actually open up the, the paid, the pro version of the chat GPT. I'm not representing them. I'm not selling for them. However, I'm just yeah. showing everyone. Yeah, I'm just showing everyone. Look at this. This can do literally everything that you're learning in school. Does that bother you? Because if it can do that, that means it can also do everything that you should be able to do after school, which is called a, a job. Uh, and then, of course, the next part of the message is, what should we do about this? How, how can we help the entire world as quickly as possible, reskill, so that everyone can pick up the kinds of human skills that would help keep us relevant even after AI? 
And then, of course, I start talking about the human skills of, well, empathy, understanding other people. But since you're also an investor, entrepreneur, that side of the world, the way I like to explain that is, well, honestly, everyone just needs to learn how to create value. I think the world's going to become a wild west. Systems, organizations, and all of these that make value, well, one part of doing that is coming up with new ideas. And another part of doing that is understanding what to solve in the first place. And I, I conclude by telling about the actual work I do, which is creating an actual completely scalable win-win ecosystem to teach enormous numbers of people how to think. Wow. Um, there's just so much to unpack there, but let me, let me focus on one thing, which is probably front and center now. AI, two little letters, capture the imagination, both from a promise and a peril perspective. What have you found, heard from all these thousands and thousands of people you've talked to? Is there more concern than than excitement? Is it a combination of both? Like, how would you describe that, you know, fear and excitement, uh, that combination? That is a really interesting question, because I've given the talks in all these different locations from the deep south to northeast to Silicon Valley. And I'll say that as I see all of my audiences, most people become very deeply concerned because most people have not actually seen what this paid chat GPT can do to your school homework. But then I said most. Interestingly enough, there are some people who look at this and say, oh, this is an enormous business opportunity. But actually, this is this, actually both of these statements are, are compatible because one of the concerns of the many people who are concerned is that, well, what if some people turn this into a giant business opportunity and effectively get all of the economic value? Are they going to share any of it with us? what's going to happen, right? And I, I will say the reason why many people are concerned is because there was a paywall, right? There's a paywall to the to these to these AI tools. And a lot of people only played with the free version and the free yeah. version actually is not as good. So people were in, in, they were complacent. But once you see the paid version chew up all of the homework assignments that go from high school to college and so on, you really realize that this this tool can now do what a lot of humans spend a lot of time learning how to do. I agree with you. And in fact, I mean, the way I personally look at it is that you, this is a massive secular platform shift, sort of like what the internet did in 98 to 2000 and mobile did in 2009 to 2012. We're now in this huge platform shift, which is akin to that, infinitely more powerful and potentially infinitely more seismic when it comes to how civilization uh, organizes itself, right? All of these things you're describing, businesses, schools. These are things humans make up to organize ourselves. So a little bit, a little bit of a different tack here. So you're trying to tackle a massive problem, like massive. Um, how do you think about the building blocks? And first of all, describe the business you, you run. Yeah. So this is something that I learned by trying to create things for well over a decade. And I'll say at the beginning, since I'm a classically trained mathematician, at the beginning, the way I thought about things was, oh, can I come up with some great theory of how to do stuff? Uh, today, the way I work is, all right, let me find the real problem. And once I find the problem, let me talk to people, real people who are affected by this problem. Let me try to understand exactly what they want in their life. What are they trying to achieve? What do they want? And then I start to use all of this problem solving techniques from mathematics that are trained in mathematics to figure out how can I thread the needle between all of these different people's actual real pain points. Actually, there's an area of math closely related to this. It's called game theory. And in fact, one of the most famous game theorists ever is a graduate of the university where I work today, Carnegie Mellon University. The guy's name is John Nash. 
Might have heard of him. Nash Equilibrium, Nobel Prize winner, Beautiful Mind, that movie, and so I on. I saw the movie. I saw the movie. Great movie. Great movie. And it's the same, this, this principle that, you know, you got to think about how the whole world works and the world's messy. It's full of people trying to do the best for themselves. So then what I work on now, because I was thinking of how to help teach people how to think. Well, actually, one of the biggest problems is that if we want to teach people how to think, we actually need to even change up the teaching style. In fact, the way I teach everyone in my classes is I, I just show up, I, I happen to know all of the content and I, I, I give the students, I give the students a question they've never seen before. And I say, Hey, everyone, do you have any ideas? Why don't you brainstorm and I'll guide you and you'll solve the problem your way. We teach people how to think. In order to scale this up worldwide, you suddenly need, you suddenly need lots and lots of facilitators. And we actually are doing this right now for middle school kids to teach them how to think, although this is generalizable to all different ages. But in any case, what we're doing is in order to find all these facilitators, I found another group of people with a massive pain point too. And those were these high school math students, top 1% high school math students. I work with a lot of these because I also coach the national math team. But so as I, I mean, as we have all of these students, it turns out that they have a pain point too. They're trying to get into college. And one of the challenges is it's not enough to be just good at math. And that's not just about college, it's about life. Gotta also have EQ, emotional skills, people skills. So the solution I came up with is I find these people who are super good at math. Then I hire professional actors, actresses, and comedians, and they teach the math people how to be amazing communicators and empathetic. And the way the math people are practicing while they're getting this real-time feedback is doing the thing that's effortless for them, which is talking about math and coaching math to the other people who are learning. And we, the, the main innovation is we're the first people in the history of education to make it so that every single classroom has a professionally trained actor or actress in that classroom while the math expert is talking. Because at that point, while the math expert is talking, they're getting literally real-time feedback on the way that they smile, on their eyes, on the way that they're listening to people. And it turns it so that one hour of coaching math equals one hour of access to professional training. Win, 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 actually. Triple wins are better than double wins. And that, I mean, it's it's just uh, insane how you, you're, you know, it's amazing how you mind things. Um, and it's interesting, you're describing this right brain, left brain kind of uh, merging, right? It's, it's the people that are really good with both sides of their brain are the ones that end up, let's call in the in the classical way that defined success and leadership, you really got to know something and then you got to know how to communicate it, how to be empathetic. You've done, how many of these have you done of these sessions? Oh my gosh, I've lost count. It took me eight years to come up with this idea and the last two years scaling it. I, I actually have no idea how many we've run. Okay, if I, if I was to estimate, it would probably be on the order of, yeah, in the thousands. We've done like thousands yeah. of these, thousands of hours. And just a question, and this is sort of peripherally related to your, one of your many hats, which is you coach the American uh, the American math team, but from that perch, you see thousands and thousands of very, very bright minds around the world. Are you hopeful about our future with all this stuff we were talking about AI and changes and all this stuff, where the world is going based on what you see from the youth? That is interesting for me because I was literally just thinking about that question of like about one or two hours ago as I was driving uh, in my city. Whenever I'm driving, I'm always thinking about these philosophies of what should we be doing and so on. And I happen to be going to an awards ceremony where I'll be seeing a bunch of these top students uh, this mm -hmm. week, Friday. 
But you see, when I look at this, the thought that was going through my mind was, yes, we've got some people who are really smart, really good at solving problems. My biggest concern is to make sure that all of these people also develop that mindset to find out what problems are worth solving. I want to make sure that we can simultaneously be teaching all these people how to think, but there's an ulterior motive. The ulterior motive is to also get all these people who are already super good at think, uh, super good at thinking about mm -hmm. these analytical things to get them to really enjoy other people and the humanity and to pick up the skills so that they can sit down at a bar next to anyone. Okay, they're under they're under 21. But I mean, so that someday they can they can they can yeah. talk to you understand my point. So someday they can they can talk to literally anyone yeah. and figure out what their real pain points are because we need that the world's problem solvers go and touch the real world problems, which you can only learn by seeing an actual real person. Yeah. Someone can tell you that that not to touch the stove because you'll get burned. But it's not until you touch the stove and get burned that you really know how hot it is. So yeah, doing Trump's thinking in many, in many respects. Um, we can keep going for hours. I mean, you <laughs> the portfolio of activities you you have is incredible. And to the listeners, there's gonna be links to a lot of what Poe focuses on, his company and everything like that. And you can check it out. But Poe, with you, as we close, I'm going to ask you a few questions just about uh, very quick lightning sure. rounds about you and, and stuff like that. And let's just do this uh, really quickly. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Where'd you grow up? Madison, Wisconsin. Where do you live now? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, although it's hard to say because I'm somewhere every week. Yeah, actually, you live on a plane or a car. Uh, what was your first job? That. What was your first job? Oh, actually, my first official job was this professor at Carnegie Mellon University. What's your favorite food? Ah, okay. So when I'm on travel, believe it or not, sometimes <laughs> sometimes what I need to do is I need to clean up. So it's like raw tomatoes, sardines, and bananas, and an orange. Wow, I thought you were going to say McDonald's or Taco Bell. That's pretty no, incredible. You, you won't survive on that. You won't survive on that. That is true. But that's a different discussion. And do you have a favorite movie? Oh, I, I guess this will date me, but I actually, I was very inspired by this Lord of the Rings trilogy. I, th yep. I thought it was produced epically with the technology of the time, with an incredible story, uh, an inspiring story. Love it. Well, Poe, you have a beautiful mind, just like Nash in the movie. And I really appreciate you coming in. Thank you. It's actually talking to you. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. For information and links about today's guests, check out the show notes and visit topofthegame-thepod.com. Your host, Javier Sade, the show Top of the Game. Thanks for listening.